Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Backcountry.com is an online outdoor gear and apparel retailer carrying thousands of brands and products for mountain biking and your everyday outdoor lifestyle. Not only does Backcountry have the widest assortment of gear and apparel, but the heart and soul of the company lies with their Backcountry gearheads. These gearheads are former pro athletes, Olympians, and all-around experts that are available 24-7 by phone, email, and chat for one-on-one service, product recommendations, and to ensure you have everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. For the entire month of August, Backcountry is running their semi-annual sale, which only happens twice a year. Take advantage of the final days of summer and save up to 50% on huge brands like Patagonia, The North Face, Arcteryx, and more. Go to www.backcountry.com slash singletracks and use the code singletracks15 to get 15% off your first purchase. Some exclusions apply. That's backcountry.com. Check the show notes for the link and coupon code. Hey everybody, welcome to the Singletracks podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guest is Harry Malloy. Harry is the brains behind the Flow Style Riding Apparel brand. He's been racing top-level downhill for over 10 years. Thanks for joining us, Harry. Thanks for having me. It's a joy. It's my pleasure. Cheers. So what was your first introduction to mountain biking? Well, I guess, I mean, it's probably quite the typical story, but my, my parents were quite into cycling um, and outdoors in general, so... I, I guess just got into keeping fit and healthy with them. Um, it's just the the cycling, as far as walking, cycling, and playing other sports. I guess just just clicked, and I just loved it. So we just we just carried on doing that more and more. There was, but is not any more, unfortunately. A place called Penzest Off Road Cycling, um, which was my first first place that I, I came off of like a gravel path really and started doing <laughs> jumps um, and it was it's an awesome bike park really it had it's got jumps it had downhill they held really cool little events there um, it was just really the essence of, of cycling and probably why we all love it and love the industry and everyone's so nice aren't they so that's pretty much where it all became apparent and yeah just fell in love with it and the people that are in it and you know, it's quite, as, as I'm sure you understand, it's quite addictive from then on. <laughs> well, how did you get into downhill specifically? I mean, do, was that something your parents introduced you to, or did you start out doing more like cross country style and then sort of discover downhill on your own? Well, this, uh, the place that I just talked about, at, um, Penzurst, which was a local, is 20 minutes away. It had downhill tracks there and it wasn't really first it wasn't really the first thing that I I enjoyed or really even looked into. It just had a, a massive, you know, like those craters in the, in the floor um, where there was just loads of jumps in there and you fly down the side and you take off. And that's what really got me going at the start as kids do sort of thing. And then, uh, then there was the events that, that I mentioned. Um, there was maybe hundred or 200 people that go to these cool little small events. Um, 
that were just organised for fun um, against the clock. Um, and that was my introduction to downhill. By all means, there was no there was no mountain or even as much of a hill really to to race on. I think the the winning times were between forty and fifty seconds, which wow, yeah, it's, it doesn't sound like much, but um, that was pretty much the same sort of format to downhill. We had a race, and it was it was still some sort of hill to go down. Mm-hmm. Certainly didn't have have to worry about altitude there, but in the south of the UK that's that's what we had and what what we cracked on with but they had some awesome tracks there to be fair and that's what really got me into yeah into downhill it was really based around jumping as well with it not having much of a descent we spent a lot of time pedaling across the hills and making big jumps to to make it look and feel a bit more impressive (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's pretty much how it all begun does that make it a challenge for you to to train or is that is that all you need i mean i guess downhill you can do as many laps as you want um and get all the descending in that you need but but it would it be easier if you lived somewhere you know say where there were were bigger mountains bigger hills to to go down well yeah i mean from then we had to go a lot further afield obviously wales and scotland in the uk i mean that's they're completely the opposite opposite sides to where I I grew up and lived um but that's still a matter of hours and driving and probably doesn't seem too far in respect to like the likes of yourself but we you know five hours would get to me get me to some of like the the best places really in the UK to ride and there was there with living around London there's tons and tons of tracks and I don't think you really need to for skills based stuff I don't think you really need to go to a mountain but it certainly is it was a bit of a surprise to to be riding for like five minutes or, or longer when I did get to some and that was a pretty hard thing to adjust to obviously yeah your hands pretty much become the handlebar and you have to peel them off so that was a <laughs> that was a definite thing to to get used to and get fit for but yeah I mean from when I began till now um I pretty much spend a lot of time living in the Dolomites in Italy so I guess I guess that's kind of in the the step um, to get to a to get to a bigger a bigger mountain with bigger hills and a better better facility. But by all means, I don't think I don't think the UK held me back at all. There's some awesome riding there, definitely. Yeah, awesome. Well, how did the Flow Style race team come together? To be honest, I, I've I've been in a few pro teams um, on my way through and when I got to a certain point I just kind of really wanted to create my own my own thing um or my own team mainly for Mm -hmm. you meet so many people in the industry whether it be sponsors or so-called sort of competitors that you race against um that everyone's everyone's your friend um and it's it is a small it's a fairly small industry I guess and everyone just gets along together so well and we all do it for I guess the the reason for that is we all do it for the passion behind the sport and the reason why we all love it so I guess putting the team together was was me trying to make to make a make my version of what I think would be good for for whether it be sponsors getting my friends together um everyone in the team obviously you have to spend a seven month period of time usually with with the people and with your friends so it's it's good to be able to pick 
pick the right people, pick the sponsors that you get on really well with and the, that stand for the beliefs and for the right things that you, you want to promote. Because if that's your, if that's the job, then you get a lot of, um, you get a lot more enjoyment out of, out of promoting the, the things that you like. It doesn't have to be your own brands, but the, yeah, yeah, the essence of those brands that we stand for is pretty important, I think, and I think it probably is to everyone. Um, it shouldn't really be a, a forced, a forced upon thing. It comes quite naturally in our team. So, yeah, I, I think for that we're quite, we're quite lucky, really. Hmm. Well, are there things that you wanted to do differently with your own team? I mean, you said you were a part of other teams before starting Flow Style. So were there things that maybe you didn't like about those other teams that you wanted to change with your own team? There's, there's nothing too specific. Um, all the teams I've been in, I've, I've learned from, and they've all, to be honest, they've all been amazing um, to get me to where I am here today. So... There's nothing, there's nothing at all that I didn't like other than now that I've grown a bit of a, like a feeling towards brands and, and what they're about and I've worked with, been fortunate enough to work with quite a few. It's quite nice to just select the ones that maybe stand for different reasons. So whether they're in it for production values from, from the start of whatever they're making to make it sort of a responsible sourcing for the whole way along to when the end user uses it or whether they're just an awesome brand that that like to to hold like awesome videos or or shoot awesome things with us as athletes and we get to do some awesome things with them um, there's so many different different reasons really but I think one of the main things at the start was was seeing that the 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 big teams were were really they were their their budgets were enormous and I quite I quite like the way that you can actually change it quite efficiently to make it to make it work I I feel like on a way more efficient level so I maybe saw how how some of the teams I mean, probably not first hand but you can see from the outside how some of the teams just really do waste waste a lot of money on different things um and and product whereas our team kind of does it way more efficiently we don't need and we don't have the biggest budget um but we certainly have quite a punch when it comes to comes to getting in the media and our results obviously uh and everything so i kind of feel like we're maybe a little bit more of an efficient efficient way of doing things for for sponsors yeah interesting so how do you as a team owner manager identify talented riders well i do do a lot of coaching myself in the uk alone or not alone sorry i do do a lot of coaching mainly in the uk and the uk definitely brings some some good talent so it is quite hard to to pick and choose between but in I guess in a, the underlying thing is you have to get on with that person they have to be and for me that that's quite easy to get on with with most people I, I hope but um or I feel but then they really just have to be the right the right person obviously it it, it stems from being a good rider there's no doubt about that um to get noticed 
by anyone. I think you have to get the results or start off by getting some results in some way. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the the fastest rider out there. It just be it could just be that you promote yourself really well, whether it be on social media that's just a, a hugely still growing part of the part of the job or or if you're just a a nice kid at the bike park and approachable and, and friendly or like comes and asks about anything. I mean it's we're blessed to be in uh, in the industry we are with so many nice people. So <laughs> yeah. It's cool. You meet so many people and it, it just I think it's kind of luck of the draw. Um hmm. you meet people and sometimes they're just fit for the fit for the job and that's their next step in getting some support from a team and giving them a go at racing at the World Cups or whether it be nationals or whatever level they're at really yeah that's interesting because you know obviously brand sponsor riders and you know field a team at the world cup to get exposure for their brands and it's interesting that you know i mean one way to do that is is to win right i mean everybody talks about the winners and the the top riders but then the other way to get that exposure is like you're saying, you know, through social media or having a personality or that sort of thing. And so, yeah, that's a, an interesting approach. And, and I think, yeah, it makes sense with what you're saying about efficiency too. And in terms of funding, obviously it is expensive to field a world cup team. Where do teams typically get their funding? Is it all just sponsors, just the brands that are kicking in all the money for it, or or are there other sources to consider? I think you can go outside of the box quite a lot. Um, to it doesn't have to be a a brand that's necessarily a a cycling specific brand. There's to be honest, at the level that we're at now with the likes of Red Bull TV and the amount of views that they're they're hitting for especially like Veronica's runs are all she's a favorite to the to the TV with the position that she's in in the World Cups um mm-hmm. we can pretty much target target brands that just want the visibility of a on a global status really maybe before that it has to be a bit more uh say it has to be a bit more direct in what we can what we can do but obviously that that global presenting them on a on a global status it really really does help for the for the larger more global companies it's also it's, it's not really just just racing um that kind of stems back to what we talked about with with other riders like our, our rider chris Cumming. um he's a junior this year and was last year um he he lives pretty much on a on a bike park um that has loads of things to help out with the bike park so him as a him as a rider is just an awesome ambassador for all of our all of our sponsors all the time is pretty much even before he was a professional mountain bike rider um or racer should i say he was also a professional mountain bike rider and ambassador before that so everyone does their does their things alongside um veronica does a lot of hotel bike camps uh, women's camps and things when we're not when we're not racing so everyone everyone puts into to making it a pretty pretty awesome package really 24 7 for a brand yeah 
So what, what is the payoff to racing on the World Cup circuit? You know, we talked a lot about getting exposure for sponsors and brands, but are there other things to be gained in terms of product testing or that sort of thing? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So we, we, definitely, we definitely do a lot of product testing. Um, we've done a lot for, for Fun. Um, Fun's one of our long-term sponsors. And we've done a lot of product testing, whether it be handlebars, pedals, chain devices, all the components they do. Really, they've, they're always throwing questions at us, and um, I think for them, it's it's pretty good to be able to. Well, hopefully, it's pretty good for them to just throw some products our way, and we just go batter them down a mountain and um, see how they hold up, or you know, like they have a different idea towards something working, then we can give them feedback on everything. So feedback, feedback is definitely definitely something that we offer, um, and I I think that's not too different but um, we we definitely like to get get involved in the feedback side of things um, and developing the products that we ride um, and yeah I mean it's 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 really not all just just racing and promotion from the races because that really although it's a a big hit on the media side of things after a weekend for a few days um, we're also ambassadors and riding bikes the you know uh, the rest of every day of the year pretty much so whether it be coaching camps or going to visit shows and standing on the booth and giving you know getting for like customer relations and chatting with the public and getting to know people and their their passions for riding as well I guess I guess it's just a a full-time a full-time thing you have to be a willing ambassador the whole time which which we all are because we just love it. So, so beyond with beyond helping with logistics and gear, how does the team support athletes? I know you mentioned that you do coaching. So, do you provide coaching and training to your athletes, or are they sort of on their own in terms of that sort of development? It, initially, it's uh, I don't. I guess it's probably fair to say that the guys. Uh, they probably ask for a bit of help here and there for sure. I think Veronica would be open open for me saying that, but I definitely help her out with with lines in the weekend, and we wouldn't necessarily call it coaching. That's all part of being a team. But yeah, we all just we all just uh, help each other out. So I guess I guess as as a rider and a manager, I kind of I kind of sort of balance the balance the tightrope or however it is said. With with the team, it it kind of it brings a lot of um, a lot of other opportunities as well. Whether it be not necessarily the coaching side of things, but whether we go to the, the certain type of events that we go to around Europe, I think that's a a really good um, like the European Cups. It's not as popular, obviously, as the as the World Cups, but I think it's a pretty pretty important place to to go to to help you with the world cups or to step through as a rider especially from the uk point of view like it's we've got a great race scene there um and a lot of people just base themselves straight from the from the uk to going into world cups but i think it's pretty important to go ride and get experience on the on all those tracks and mountains that that you wouldn't have wouldn't necessarily see that are so similar to the to the world cup rounds um and especially like the format of the races as well doing a, a race in the UK is usually just a Saturday Sunday affair whereas you go to the ones in Europe and there's rarely Thursday but almost definitely you get the Friday practice 
and then a whole whole other day on on the Saturday before you have maybe qualifying Saturday or even just going through to the race on the on the Sunday. So yeah, that that style of of racing we we introduce um, or definitely just love to do it as well. And I guess there's the also the the side of our sponsors that we work with those those guys as brands we've we've been working with them for a, for a long time now and they they like to to use us for promotional videos and obviously if you're a, a new rider in the team then it's pretty awesome to go on a video shoot in who knows where where it's all sunny or down the side of a volcano or you know something pretty exotic and elaborate is that's usually the case with um some shoots that we do or have done with bluegrass um they got some pretty crazy ideas Veronica was riding down the side of an active volcano once. Um, I was swimming in the off the coast, off the coast of Italy, in a, a helmet and all the riding gear. One year um, in finale, so yeah, they've got some some pretty cool outdoor wild ideas that they put, like to put into to video and stuff. So that's also pretty cool um, thing that you're just fully getting involved with the team and everything that a team sort of holds is is what we do I guess I guess it's kind of attractive too and all a part of the learning curve I guess yeah so are your athletes then coming up with their own sort of training plan I mean you as the manager say these are the races we're gonna do this year um, and then they sort of figure out like what they need to do to get ready for those races or are you involved in sort of helping them craft training plans so it depending um we we have a pretty much a very loosely set out schedule compared to most teams. I think I quite like to keep it open in terms of how many races and what races we go to. I pretty much I list everything down and have a chat chat with with us all together just to see what what we think. Sometimes it tends to to end up getting a bit hectic, which is why we you know you can only prioritize so many races and everyone loves to race so it's really really easy just to end up racing week in week out but then but then you lose all the training that you've that you've worked on over the winter so um I have to kind of say you know it'd be really good for a break those two weeks before what's maybe I don't know a world cup or or something and and likewise at the start of the season it's good to I try to plan out a few maybe two races um before the season so you can get back into into racing and thinking about all those things that you've forgotten again and how to think about what gear you're in when you're going down or whether the braking points or whatever how you're walking the track and so on um it seems like it comes naturally when you're doing it but then you soon find out that you forgot to i don't know clean your clean your shoes the night before and you've (laughs) got to put on wet shoes or, or something like that so yeah, it's good to it's good to do a couple of warm up races just to hit back into reality before you go into the season as well. Um, yeah, and I, I think with us all sort of deciding on what what we want to do, it it just works out better for for everyone. We obviously we prioritise the World Cups because um, that's essentially what is our pinnacle of our of our race season. Um, but there's so many other cool events, crankworks, the European Cups and so on that that are so important to are so important to us um and to are a big help to 
to the sponsors and brands and I guess that's why why they sponsor us as well because we have a bit of a, a different approach and don't just prioritize one thing but we cover we cover a, a big area of events um, and races well it's July now does does it look like the 2020 race season is salvageable at this point like what are you what are you looking at for the rest of this year do you think there will be much racing oh good um I don't know. It's, it, I don't. Th- to be honest, I think no one can really know or say this is a. Hopefully, it's a it's a once in a lifetime situation that we're in, um, and who knows? We've we've been talking with our with our um, trainer a lot. So we have a our trainer Alan Millway as well, um, who takes care of the physical side of things. That's for sure, and. Um, it's been a, a prob- probably quite a tough job for him because he wants us to come into the season absolutely fresh um, and ready for it, but also train. So it's quite hard to set his goal for us to come in for a peak and probably to make that peak last for a month and a half as it stands with um, with the season as it is. Yeah. Um, and how they've made the World Cups, packed them all together at the end. But yeah, as, as you say, it was just... Two days ago, I believe that Leger was was cancelled, mm-hmm. and a week before that, Lenzerheide. So, I think I, I would love I would love to see a, at least a couple of races or a few races, and only time will tell. But hopefully, hopefully we get a couple in there so that we can remember two uh, two thousand and twenty as a, as a as a not just a year that we didn't race, but um, yeah, only time will tell, I guess. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, from our point of view, it's, it's kind of, it's not all negative really. We've, we've been, we've been traveling around our local areas and exploring a lot more on the bikes, um, and been able to meet again, loads more people riding bikes. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a funny time, isn't it? But I think it's, it's not all, it's not all negative. Like we've, yeah, we've had an awful, awful lot of fun just yesterday. I was, in the centre of the Dolomites, pretty lost after about a, a five-hour trip around on the on the bike, pedalling up at three, I think it was about three thousand metres high. And it's the sort of stuff that you just don't get to do. It's it's too busy with races and events and so on, and especially in the summer um, when it's possible to do these things when snow's not around. So yeah, either way, I, basically, I I would love absolutely love for us to get back racing this year, and I really do hope that we can get to a few but otherwise we we have we're not short of short of things to do and how how we can get out and promote and do some awesome things so yeah either way hopefully it will be for the best of best of the world yeah and like i say no one can really tell whether there's a, a salvageable season or not we can just all keep our fingers crossed and hope well, have you your has your team or any of your athletes been able to do any competition this year? Were you able to do any like local races early on, or or are local races opening up more where you are, or has it just been complete no competition in twenty twenty? Things were were going quite well at the at the start. Obviously, we we went out to Portugal for loser um, for the not for the World Cup, but we went out a few weeks before to do some testing with ext we put some times down although it wasn't it wasn't a race um we haven't really done any events as as far as competitive events go this year 
but it was yeah it was going was going awesome um coming into it we we have just done um uh an event that's not really an event not really a race but was timed um that was sorted out by win masters and the ixs cup guys which is the european cup guys and schlabbing bike park so it was really cool we we got to go to that and there was a lot of media there doing their thing and reporting um there was 30 of us so like 30 in, invited riders to to just go do some hot laps at schlabbing so that was a that was a pretty cool event to go to and <laughs> crazy really to to see all your mates and and remember what it's like um to sort of meet up with people and like-minded people as well out on the trails and put some times down that was that was really cool that but as far as as far as events go i mean we just we had it pretty locked down where we've been we we could still train in the uk we we were in the uk based in the uk over this over the majority of the sort of like three month time that that things were were worrying so to speak um so we we could still go out and train um for our like once a day get out on the bikes and go train a bit so that was good and then whilst italy was pretty seriously locked down um weren't really allowed to go out we we weren't there um and then we've come back as the as it's eased off a little bit um and we can go out into the mountains now so yeah it's been it's been definitely different times as as you say but um yeah we've been able to to get out and still do a few things we've done some some uh bike shuttling stuff with the plozer guys um just half an hour down the road from where we are in italy and yeah that's kind of it and as far as events goes we've we had to kind of come up with different different ways of of coming across on social media as everyone pretty much was was glued to instagram over the over the time and what whatever so yeah we did some little picture videos and yeah i don't know all sorts of just funny little different things yeah well what is your goal for the flow style world cup downhill team well our goal our goal is to do well for sure in the results but we're not we're not as a team we're not results driven so i think as as a manager I, I think that the the pressure should should be completely from yourself maybe just the way that i've i've managed the pressure in the past but and it and it worked for me when there's not outside pressure from from the team to like you've got to go up there and you've got to win because i just i just feel like that's not gonna that's not gonna help um and i, I think it does for some people but it's not really the way it worked for myself so i'm kind of just preaching to to from where from where and what worked for myself um so the goal really is to promote the brands well professionally um and yeah i don't know really um just give give guys the the chance to come through um i think it's a big one uh mm-hmm. support as you as we've said like support's pretty pretty needed for such a expensive sport or to the traveling side of it obviously yeah it's it's a very expensive thing to be able to do so to be able to support new riders coming up and talented riders to give them a shot i think i think that's a that's a goal for the team for sure um 
and also like I said like the to to provide brands and not necessarily up and coming brands but um the brands that we we believe in um in what they what they're standing for and and so on uh, a more efficient way of doing so so yeah, it's kind of hard to put to put numbers on things but um essentially we're not going to cost hundreds of thousands to to be able to get your name on the on the world cup circuit or promoted on on our athletes um we we can do things pretty efficiently whether it's we'll we'll stay in a and when it comes to expenses we we won't be flying anywhere business class i think that's the best way of with putting it um <laughs> yeah yeah no we do things we do things right what i feel is right yeah do you think downhill mountain biking is a team sport or is it more of an individual pursuit well as as the outside i think it comes across as quite a quite an individual thing because obviously you're against the clock um when you're when you're racing the clock there's no one else there at all it's just it's just you the track the bike and the time so essentially it is a completely individual sport like in the, in those moments no one else can can help you do what you've got to do so in that respect yes but from the support of a team whether it's five seconds before those beeps go and your mechanics behind you with that bottle of water just in case you need it or a spare set of goggles or you know and they're having the support the setup for like yeah this it's the list is endless really for it to be mm-hmm. for it to be more of a team thing than a than an individual yeah and i th- i think what what makes it what makes it so friendly and good is it really does balance balance between that line of being an individual sport and a team sport um in some team sports you get quite a lot of well you do get rivalry um that's probably wrong to say you don't get rivalry for sure but it's i think you're not as you though you're part of a team you're still separate and you're doing your you're doing your thing when you're racing on your own the team helps you the whole way there but then when you're just racing on your own obviously no one else can can help you so it's it's all down to you you need a bit a bit of everything and the reason why it's so nice i think is because you're you're, there's not a hundred of you elbowing elbow to elbow or shoulder to shoulder as as you're going down it's just you and the time so that guy that's just beating you as much as you're like oh how did like how did how did he beat me or you know you hear a lot of riders be like i hate it when i get beaten by him or her but realistically everyone knows as a rider it was just down to you riding in that in those few minutes that you've been going down so there's no blame on anyone it's i think it's what makes makes the essence of everything so so nice and friendly all your competitors have you can't you can't be like that towards each other it's got to be friendly because of that yeah well since downhill racing is very much about the rider versus the clock is there a lot of strategy involved in a race or a race run or or do you look at it as more of an overall strategy for the season i think they're also they're also individual you know like i think when when it's for example, Valdezol last year in in qualifying, we we got to the top and it absolutely peed it down. 
like it couldn't have been any more like it was the craziest storm I think I've ever been in <laughs> um, we had lightning hit the hit the chairlift um, everyone was going mental and it was dusty before then so as far as strategy goes I think there was a lot of people trying trying new strategies and, and ways to be able to get down that track um, safely and and at speed whether it be changing tyre pressures I'm not sure but yeah I, I think strategy as a whole everyone as an athlete probably has their own strategies and that gives them their self-confidence um and how they do things well downhill mountain bike racing seems to be dominated by a few big names every year so how does funding play into the success of an athlete or a team you mentioned that your team does things a little bit differently on, you know, sort of a different budget. Does that constrain what you're able to do? Like if you had a lot of money, what, how would that even give you an advantage? For sure. Um, the financial side of, of those top guys, um, it, it must help and it would help a lot. This whole sport from a confidence point of view, um, it's crazy. Like the, the balance of being arrogant and and confident is is quite a fine line. Um, you probably see that from the the posts of of those guys at the at the top. I mean, can you buy talent? Is that is that the thing? Like, if you hire the best athlete, or or are they the best athletes because they have really good support? For sure. For sure, it's a balance of that. That athlete has the the skill, the underlying skill and ability in the first place. Anyone at any level making it possible and getting good results doesn't have to be winning, but if they're doing it on, they have to have that underlying skill and ability, mm-hmm. of course. But but for the financial side of things will help them a lot. It's at that level we're talking right right at the top. It's minimal gains of like do you have something that can easily be perceived as really like fortunate or a bit bit of a crazy point to have is maybe like having a dietitian or a chef Mm -hmm. a chef for example always with you it seems like a very luxury luxury thing to have but when it comes to eating the right things at the right times through a race weekend and also through your through your diet that's going to give you maybe it's hard to put a percentage on it but if it gives you another one percent like that's that's the difference between first and tenth place so Mm, yeah if everything's there that gives you the confidence that gives you just that little bit extra so i guess yeah money does go a long way but what what i try to do in in our team is to have everything you need so we've like the main thing is having a mechanic like you don't have to come down and well you don't have to know everything about about your bike to be able to race like if you can come down from a run maybe you've broken something or maybe you just just want the the want to know that your bike's all right you can just chuck it in the bike rack say to the mechanic please can you have a look at my bike or this is what's not happening or my suspension feels a bit too harsh in this this part of the course what could I do um and just having the the really like the necessity at, uh, at the at the top level to do well in terms of support so mm-hmm. yeah we're certainly we're certainly staying at, at nice places and accommodation but 
we're maybe not in a five-star hotel <laughs> living it up with a bottle of champagne in the in the hotel room you know yeah that sort of stuff is is obviously not needed for to win a to win a world cup and i think a lot of people would agree but yeah yeah so it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't hold us back how do you balance running in a apparel company alongside a world cup downhill race team um well it's not just myself i have a lot of help and without that i don't think it would it would be possible um that being said it's it's busy to say the least especially on say a race weekend when i also would like to focus 100% on on the team and on myself getting results um it's not easy but obviously you've well i just try and surround myself with by the people that can help or whether it be yeah someone taking care of different different sections i mean even even in our in our team um although i am the the set manager um everyone has their role to play like i say we are we are a bit of a different team um and inefficiency although i'm the manager everyone does their own parts of it to to make it all possible um so yeah without that's a again that's probably another very important part in our team is that you have to be to be willing to to do the cooking in the evening as well that we don't like i've like i've said before we don't have a just a chef to do that and i don't think that that's that's needed that's truly needed uh, at the level that we're at and where we're going so i think you can always afford to to spend the time in the evening after qualifying to to cook up whether you're one of the riders the mechanics or, or or whatever yeah so yeah a good a good balance and delegating each other jobs i don't think there needs to be really any hierarchy sort of style to what to what we do um as long as everyone has the understanding it it all gets done yeah well you have a, a good perspective too as you know both uh, the the brand slash sponsor of the team but also as an athlete and sort of understanding how uh, to balance those two and understand the needs from both sides. So flow style racing came together quite quickly after InSync Bikes decided to pull sponsorship. Are you going to be looking for a new bike sponsor or other support next season? Yeah, we we're really lucky to have the the partners that we're working with at the moment. All of those were really everyone's been super supportive through through that time end of last year so we're very lucky that that this season would have been absolutely fine and is is fine to still have us as as athletes and ambassadors so we were yeah we're fortunate in that respect and for next year there's certainly a few talks talks going on at the moment with um yeah different different brands and and we'll we'll see where we are with um yeah with a bike brand definitely definitely. Uh, are you looking to grow the team or do you have all the riders you can handle and how do you decide, you know, how many athletes to have on a team? I think as, as far as downhill teams go, um, having three or four athletes, uh, that's, that's as big as a team really gets. There's not many out there that, that have a lot more. Um, and I think that's because it's, it would just be very, very intense having, 
even even four would be is quite a lot when it comes down to sort of like the concentrated weekend of a race. It's, it's there's a lot going on, especially when it comes to the timing of it all. Even as it is when we're to go up as a junior, as we stand at the moment, as a junior go would go first, and then uh, Veronica, and then myself, and that's all in the space of sort of like two hours. So for a mechanic to have all those three bikes ready within sort of the hour before and then and then go up and uh, with turbo trainers and have that level support that we we run out I think or for anyone I think it's it's so much to have to have more riders than than three or four in a team there's a lot out there that just have even one or two people as the team so I think we're we're probably enough in terms of the, the people involved at the moment um, but that being said when it comes it's, it's finding the balance from my point of view it'd be there's there's 10 people there's or there's more than 10 people that that, that actually could do with the support and deserve it um, that's always the way it's going to be I think but yeah you, you can't support everyone otherwise it will it won't be as worth it for the for the other athletes or for everyone as as a whole. So, I think three athletes pretty, is pretty good for us. Um, it's it's nice to be able to support. From my point of view, it's great to be able to support Veronica at, at the top level of the sport. Um, obviously, she's third in the world and and thriving for more. So it's awesome from that point of view. And then. Certainly not to belittle Chris, but he's he's obviously a junior. He's new to the sport, and it's amazing to be able to support a young talent like himself coming into it. Um, but then I also have to think about at the moment racing my myself as well. So that's that's three of us, and um, yeah, I think I think three is enough at the moment in terms of riders. Um, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. We never, you never know, and you never say no. Um, there's like with my coaching that I do I'm coaching a couple of couple of guys that are sort of like 13 14 years old um that are insanely good talents so it would it would be nice to help them when it when the time comes for them to come into the world cup so there's no doubt about that um and we'll see how we how we shape up when it comes to there I guess yeah well, Harry, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us and best of luck to you and your team uh, this year and next year as well. Uh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you asking me to come on. And um, yeah, thanks for the luck. We'll take it and see what we can do with it. There's no doubt. Great. Cheers. Cheers.